And a good day to everyone. Welcome to the Sports and Media Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. This is show 44. Uh, we're a little early if you're watching on Facebook Live. That's okay. Better early than late, right, Joe? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. All right. Uh, lots of stuff. You've been on fire this week sending me stuff, so I'm going to let you uh, take the lead on a couple of items, and we'll uh, we'll just talk. Oh, okay. Well, uh, one of the things is actually we're in the middle of two Hall of Fames, right? Yeah. This week we have Major League Baseball just had its Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony, and then, yeah. of course, tonight is the Cardinals and Cowboys are playing, I believe, in the Hall of Fame yep, game in Canton, yep. in Canton tonight, right? So lots of Hall of Fame news. So uh, the one thing is about Major League Baseball, the induction there. The one thing, it wasn't really a player so much as it was um, a writer. There's a writer who wrote for several different places, the New York Times included in it, Claire Smith. Claire Smith. Who was just, um, well, she's not inducted into the Hall of Fame formally. What they do is they have the uh, Spinks Award given to uh, a writer who's worthy of being in the hall mem- memorialized okay. but not inducted into the hall of fame and uh, she was just um, inducted she's a the the first african-american woman to be inducted um, as far as i know I, I i was trying to find this i don't know if another woman has been inducted period into the hall of fame uh, this is a woman who has done amazing work she came here from jamaica um, i i I, I, I just love this moment because right now we're in the middle of, I feel like there's a, a, a strike back against certain people of certain ethnicities and women and what have you. And to have someone like Claire Smith, who at one point when she started, there's a great documentary, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, called, and uh, ASPN has it, it's called Let Them Wear Towels. It's about the women in the 70s coming oh, through. Okay. Uh, and, and she was on there and she was someone who... When she was coming, I think it was the 84 playoffs between the Cubs and Padres. Does that sound right? Was it 84? Yeah, it was 84, yeah. Um, she was locked out. Dick Williams locked around. There's this whole like, story uh, on the I documentary. Remember, yeah. And uh, Steve Garvey was, was nice enough to, um, uh, to come out and say, what can I do for you and help you out? So she went from not being able to be into the locker rooms uh, to being able to be recognized by the Hall of Fame. Exactly. That is awesome. Exactly. And, uh, and I sort of love that. And what I really liked is that they were talking about it. I don't know if you've been watching Mike and Mike. I, mean, I know they're going through the transition, but yeah. I don't know this guy, Clinton Yates. I had never seen him before, but I've really been impressed with him this past week. Yeah, if you watch ESPN right now, there's a lot of new names and faces you're going to get used to because they really have, as they have really cleaned house there, they've hired obviously some people that are going to work cheaper. And, and so, yeah, Clinton Yates is one of the ones I think is going to make a name for himself. There's about a couple other ones, but he's one that's standing out right now. Very professional, very smooth. Yeah. And someone who I particularly liked a great deal is uh, Booger McFarland. Yeah. Um, I think he is fantastic. He's one of my favorites out there. And I love the fact that uh, uh, Clinton Yates, who's African-American, Booger McFarland is African-American. We're talking about Claire Smith getting in the Hall of Fame. You know, in, in light of especially, in fact, uh, this past week, I believe the White House is trying to peel back affirmative action. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on. It makes no sense in this country <laughs> right now, but uh, kudos to Claire Smith. And, you know, uh, I saw another article you'd sent me about the, the Hall of Fame uh, almost had Lou Gehrig's remains in it. Yeah, yeah. isn't that wild? I had never yeah. read that before. I, so that was you said it was going to be it almost was going to become a mausoleum. And yeah. I guess the family and the Hall of Fame decided at the last second, probably not the right thing to do. Well, what they were going to do, apparently what happened is that Lou Gehrig was a, a famously private person, not unlike, you know, we read about Joe DiMaggio yeah. and people like that. And his wife was negotiating with the Hall of Fame, and somehow it got public. And at that point, she shut it down because she didn't want any publicity about it. But you're right. Yeah, they uh, it could have 
what, that would have been amazing to have all of these people <laughs> yeah. remains in in Cooperstown. Yeah, that'd been a little bit, a little bit weird. <laughs> a little bit <laughs> well, weird. maybe a little bit more than yeah, weird. You know? uh, the other thing that you know, Pete Rose, uh, who was getting ready to honor, was going to be honored, I think, this week or next week by the Philadelphia Phillies and their kind of right. ring of honor or honor wall or whatever you call it. That's now been revoked because Pete Rose is kind of in hot water again about a story that happened in the '70s about potential alleged uh, statutory rape and. So that it's kind of a weird timing for this all to come out. Um, so I don't know how much you read about this week, but a little bit. Poor yeah. old Pete Rose. I mean, uh, if he did it, it's horrible. Uh, but if he didn't, I mean, it's even it's worse. But it seems like why is it so? Why is this coming out just now? I, yeah, I, I read the story. She was 16 years old, I yep. think, apparently, and apparently she may have even admitted to him that she was under 18. Um, clearly, <laughs> unacceptable behavior. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know that. There's any more you could throw on top of, of Pete Rose at this point. But now they're saying maybe his job at Fox is even in trouble. That was a dead spin story today that maybe Fox is thinking about removing him from his from his show. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting that something that happened 40 yeah. years ago, yeah, right? Yeah, in the early <laughs> 70s, I think they're saying. So 40 years ago, it's coming out. I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe everybody's afraid of PR, right? Everybody's afraid of it, and that's the whole thing that's scaring everybody, whether yeah, you're in Major League Baseball, the White House, or here. Yeah, they just immediately ran away with it. Do you uh, think Do you think he should lose his job for you know, Fox? It's one of those things that's really strange. I don't I, I don't know the details, and I, I would rather I would really like to hear Pete Rose's response and maybe a little bit more dialogue on this because I don't know that much about it. Um, but you know. Probably yes. I hate to say it, and, and Pete Rose is really good on Fox. But you know, if he did something this horrible in the '70s, maybe he should have to somewhat pay for it now. Which is unfortunate that it didn't come out then, or since the, who's ever had this story for 40 years has set on it. Or I can't imagine the story just coming out. So I mean, if somebody had to sit on the story and just release it now, maybe before Philadelphia, maybe they're pro Philadelphia and they didn't want to see his name going to the honor wall at for the Phillies. I don't know. Tough call. You know, as a father of daughters, things like that sicken me. But the other, on the other hand, since when do we all have to be morally so antiseptic to be able to do the jobs we do? We all have lots of things we hope never come out. Exactly. And exactly. I don't know why this. I, I'm with you on the fact. I understand why. If I were an executive, you might want to pull. Yeah, you out. might make the decision. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, if if he's the best person for the job, and he's and this was 40 years ago. If this was last week or even four three yeah. or four years ago, well, then there's maybe a trend he's doing that. I don't know. Tough call. And the other guy who can't get out of the news, and we'd like him to be out of the news, <laughs> is uh, is Levar Ball, who uh, seems to be on everybody's right. uh, palate these days. Got in trouble. Not really got in trouble. There was an AA dispute with a, a women's referee where he threatened to walk, take his team off the court if the referee wasn't dismissed by Adidas. Adidas dismissed the referee or sent her to another court. Right. She was upset. Didn't really have anybody to go to because it was an Adidas-ran event. LeVar Ball continues to kind of be a, you know, I don't want to call him a full bully, but he's a little bit of a bully uh, and a very much loud mouth. And, he, you know, and kind of says now, even this week, he said he would be one of the better tight ends in the NFL. The guy just doesn't know how to be quiet. Uh, and, and one of the things I don't get, and I keep saying here in this over and over and over, why does the media keep reporting on him? That's the question, Joe. Why do we or they or us report on LeVar Ball? God, that is the question. Um I get we've we've come there's so much media today right that yeah. that people are trying to find something different and something to fill 
20 years ago, this guy wouldn't have had almost any any uh, recognition. Yeah, they call radio. it the hot take right now. It's the hot take. That's the thing. Instead of doing a story, people are doing these hot takes where you can go cover LeVar Ball, get a story because you know he's going to do something. Instead of actually doing some real reporting and some real investigating, it's it's this hot take. And LeVar Ball seems to – his 15-minute fame – 15 minutes of fame just won't end. Yeah, I think it. I think probably the media, as you're talking about, there's so much here. It's causing him to actually say more things and get because I'm not going to say clearly, but the things he says, he's very misogynistic. He, yeah. it, this was a woman ref, and he got angry at her. I think in part because she's a woman. He dismissed about that other woman about staying in your lane. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm surprised that we don't have a big outpouring of women trying to boycott Adidas was, over this. I, or a boycott him or Adidas or a combination of both. And the thing is, I you know, I saw the and I can't think of the guy's name and I apologize. The Espen reporter who was actually on site for the Lavar Ball incident, you know, basically said this is one of the best referees in women's college basketball. Uh, she's well thought of. She's you know, she's not out of shape like Lavar Ball at in, in No, not at all. And that, you know, she was very upset and you know, it's one of those things where I I can't I don't know why this hasn't become a bigger story. Maybe it still is, we're talking about it today, uh, here in central Illinois. So it's it's, it's just really weird, and I don't understand why we keep talking about it, but again, maybe we're guilty by even bringing it up on this podcast. Yeah, but there are issues, I think, once it's brought up, I think it's important. I'm sure maybe in a few minutes we'll talk about Colin Kaepernick still, I mean, you know, 44 weeks later yeah. after the show when we first started. But, you know, if someone's misogynistic like this and it's acceptable and it's continued, that's just plain wrong. And some people go, well, we need – wasn't it uh, – uh, um, uh, um, Lewis, I can't, Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis. Uh, said, you know, this is a sanctuary, blah, blah, blah. We shouldn't talk about it. If we can't talk about these issues through <laughs> you sports. You just quoted Ray Lewis. I know, exactly. <laughs> but but to show his ridiculous yeah. nature yeah. there, I don't, I think we should be talking more about these issues. Yeah, people mostly know, with the woman involved in what he said about her. I think I'm really surprised there's not been more of a movement uh, on this. But wasn't it nice that the next T who came in and replaced her went T, teed him up. Yeah, Teed exactly. him up completely there perfect now i don't know if you did, if you read this i'll put you on the spot we didn't get a lot of chance to do a lot of pre-report or sure. pre since we're recording early si this week wrote an unbelievably well uh, well done story about hideki arabu the former yankees pitcher yeah. have you read this um, did it just come out today? It just came yeah. out yesterday or the day before. Oh, I usually uh, don't get my SI till Friday. And it was, it's about the death of Hideki Arabu and kind of what led up with the George Steinbrenner and him supposed to be the next big thing and the Japanese Nolan Ryan or whatever they call it. Right, him. oh, absolutely. And he never really developed into that. I think he helped him maybe win one World Series in 98. He was he, almost mediocre from the moment he, he got on the field, so, unfortunately. Yeah, and then he passed away a couple years ago. I didn't even know he was he passed away. I didn't either until, I guess, uh, thanks for uh, ruining yeah. the story for me yeah. tomorrow well, when I pick up SI. I guess we, yeah, that's that's shame on us, but it's a really well written story. It's sad. Uh, talks about the law. Yeah, so how, in fact, did um, what? What did you like about the article itself? Well, it was just one of those articles that you read and you you go, gosh, I remember this guy. And you remember the you remember the fanfare. Remember when he was brought up, and then Steinbrenner called him a fat toad, and he won the one World Series and yes. never really rebounded from that. Jumped around from different leagues and didn't had kind of a poor family life, and you know got married. His wife ended up leaving him. It was just one of those stories that you're just like, man, here's a guy that had it all, lost it all, and then ended his own life a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Hideki Arab 
hobby was one of those flash in the pans part of our lives that we grew up with watching a baseball player and you don't know right. and I didn't even know he was dead and I felt I felt bad reading the story because I said how did I miss this what was I doing when that was the hot take of the week uh, that you know when Hideki Arabu passed away and so it's it's worth a read if you're an SI reader for sure yeah SI certainly does a great job of researching and writing yeah. well even if you know the end of it it, yeah. it still makes it I mean yeah. I know and and, the, and it, really the was, storytelling I'm sure is fantastic yeah and I think the story is called the life and death of Hideki Arabu so it kind of the, the, <laughs> all you're, right you're all right, know he's all right. we'll give you that we'll <laughs> give you that now the other thing that's out there in sports media news that is and really just media news not even sports media news is who when OJ Simpson gets released from uh, parole in I think it's October will there be a sports media outlet that steps up and wants to interview him, and who will be first? There's, there, there's kind of nobody wants to come out and say, yeah, we're trying to get him, but you know they all are. So your thoughts on should O.J. get a, a, get like a national, you know, gigantic, you know, primetime interview sh- slot or not? Well, you have to decide what you want to get out of it. I mean, just the interview for interview's fake, I mean, for interview's sake is sensational. But um, if you have some questions, why wouldn't you want to talk to the guy? I mean... I would talk to Charles Manson if, you know, if there was a situation that there was something newsworthy and something that I, I thought was compelling. Uh, I can't think of anything right now. Uh, I can't think of anything right now with uh, O.J. Simpson that I'd ask, but but I'm sure I could think of some really good questions. Yeah, given I think if you thought about it, would be good questions. And I think the first person that, gets, that, that does the interview probably will get a little bit of backlash, but then... You know, it's going to be one of those things. It is newsworthy. O.J. Simpson has been part of our lives from, I remember watching him at USC when I was just a little guy till you know, right. till now he's newsworthy. Whether you like him or not, whether you thought he did whatever he did is beyond the point. Somebody's going to get that interview, and you know what? It's going to get eyeballs, and it's going to be well, it's going to be well documented, and it's going to be, it's going to get good ratings. I, I, I would do it, and again, I'm not from the business side, but I would do it because I think I have a good news story. Not the eyeballs and the clicks, because that hurts us a lot yep. if you're just doing it for that. But you're absolutely right. It's going to get that. So if you can have some good journalism, it's probably going to come through also financially as well. Yeah, and the right questions need to be asked, and I think that's going that, to – You're hope. absolutely right. Uh, the other thing that I think you brought up uh, in an email you sent to me is Adrian Beltre, who's been a great baseball player for you know past couple decades, got his 3,000th yeah. hit. Didn't and it I sneak up what, on you? It was like nobody cared. Nobody cared that a guy got his 3,000th hit. It was just one of those, yeah, Adrian Beltre got his 3,000th hit. All right, we're moving on to the next story. So when you think about Adrian Beltre, what do you think? The guy that you won't let him touch his head. Right? Okay. Uh, what else do you think? I think it was solid baseball player, never been in trouble, right? What team do you think about? That's a tough one. Cause, yeah. You know, he's been on, what, the Dodgers, the Mariners, and the Rangers. Is that right? And I'm not, I, I think those are the three. There may have been one that we're yeah. missing here. Uh, he may have been a short term for yeah. half a season. but. He's not been associated like Derek Jeter, New York Yankee. Yankees, George Brett, Chipper Brad, Jones, Jones. Yeah. yes, George exactly. Yankee, Royal. I wonder if that's hurt him. And if you, outside of the Dodgers, which is a big market, but unfortunately for him, West Coast doesn't get the same yeah. publicity as the East. I just don't. It snuck up on me. Yeah. I'm going. He's been in the league that long. I, if you had asked me before this happened, how many hits? I'd say I don't know, 2,000, yeah. 2,100. I think yeah. it's, it's. It was really. A, wasn't it a shocker it, that he was at 3,000? Only reason I kind of knew it was coming up is when he moved the mat. We talked about the other day, but he was at 2,995 or six, right, right. and all of a sudden he's at 3,000. But then, yeah, you're right. It snuck up on us, and really, it's one of those ones that it really has gotten very little credit. It's just like it's came and it went, and it's really too bad because. Maybe maybe it's because we're getting older, Joe, but I don't remember when when a guy was getting his 3,000th hit when I was like anywhere between the ages of 10 and 25. That was major news. I mean, you couldn't wait. You, you were turning on the TV and you're waiting every at bat, you know, to see it. And this one just kind of came and went on a Sunday afternoon. 
Yes, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, I remember being a nerdy kid as opposed to being a nerdy adult. Yeah. Um, I would I would clip out articles like that. I have yeah. articles at home about people getting, like Hank Aaron getting his 3,000th hit. I just wonder if our local, I, I'm not putting Justin Russ on the spot here, but our, did our local paper have a story about it? Justin about, doesn't care about baseball. Justin <laughs> doesn't barely care about sports. Is what you? That's what you told me off off, oh, off no, mic. Now you just got me. No, I, and I'm not. But I just wonder. <clears> I got to go back to that Monday paper. I'd have to look at it and see if they actually did a story about it. But I know it's a rain. It's a New York or a New York Ranger. It's a Texas Rangers. So it's probably not as big a deal. But you're. It's a. It's one of those stories that didn't get pressed. And he's and and think about all the things. The other day they had a stat. I was laughing that John Lester is only the second pitcher to hit a home run in the same game where he had his 2,000th strikeout. Yeah, was... Him and John Smoltz. Who cares? That's a made-up <laughs> fact. And, and, and that got some play. And I guess Beltre got at least that much. But 3,000 hits is – I think he's, what, the 35th person uh, in the history of baseball? Yeah, there's only been like 30-some, yeah. Yeah, 35. Maybe, yeah. And I, I thought I read he's like the third or fourth youngest – He's one of the few baseball players that has like 400 homers and 400 doubles yeah. and all the others. This is this is a really top-notch ball player, and he's not getting much coverage, like you're saying. You're right. We gave him more than anybody else. <laughs> you're welcome, Adrian. College I football, won't touch your top college of your football head. starts this year, and Vern Lundquist will not be on the call this year for CBS. Uh, one of those things that's again. Part of our part of our legacy goes away. Uh, Brad Nessler takes over for Vern Lundquist. But the good news is college football and football are really close to being back. They're actually a football game tonight. There'll be football late August. So here we are, Joe. Yeah, I'm on seasons particularly where the Yankees do well. I'm still invested in baseball. I know See, as I, a Braves fan, you I had done it May 1st. I was, no, I was doing good. <laughs> I, I made that comeback right after the All-Star break. The Braves got to 500. I was feeling good. Dustin White, our, our you know, our our – Webmaster, and we had talked a little bit about it, and then all of a sudden we went into a nosedive, and now it's football season. Right. But you're hanging in there with your Yankees. I by do the way, are getting unbelievable ratings on the Yes Network in, in, in New York. They are just bringing in the cash. George Steinbrenner is smiling from heaven these days. Oh, my. And, 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 and Hal is from New York. Um, this is a major shock. If You would never think a New York Yankees uh, group or fans would be shocked by this, but I was going in this year as a fan going, well, this is that year. Hopefully we can get to be 500 this year yep. and maybe in the future. And then suddenly all the young kids started going crazy. Great and, young core And players. I think that's why the yes, think about all the young players on the Yankees. You have Cliff oh, yeah. Frazier and you have Aaron Judge and you have Gary Sanchez, Sanchez and you have Severino pitching and, and, and that's just, oh, yeah. Didi Gregorius is still Didi pretty young Gregorius. and they're they're without some key players and they're still in the hunt. This is going to be a really I think the ratings for baseball could be pretty high if the right teams are in there. Well, you know who they want in there? The Yankees and Dodgers. <laughs> right? Sometimes we're off, Joe, but today you yeah. read my mind. Yeah, the Dodgers are on a record pace of about 112 wins, I believe. Or oh my something god, like they're that. winning 70% of their games. Yeah. That's just crazy. So, yeah, if it's Yankees and Dodgers then yeah, yeah, it'll be I I guess Yankees and Cubs would probably be as equal. But yeah, but all the major league baseball is definitely wants those teams in there. Oh, Yankees, Cubs or no Yankees, doubt. Dodgers. No one wants Astros Nationals. No, no. Um, and and again, this is another example that baseball is not even close to dead. It's it's right up there with football. It's just a regional sport as opposed to a national sport. Exactly, I agree. Um, college, and I said college football. So Michael Jordan said something interesting <laughs> this week. Of course, you know everybody. Every, the NBA is all about who is the best. It's never are the greatest. And Michael Jordan was asked who was better between Kobe and LeBron. And Michael Jordan, who sometimes I disagree with, had a great answer. He goes, Kobe, because five beats three. 
because Kobe has five rings as opposed to LeBron's I, three. I, I, I hate that argument. I do too, but I, I want to get your take on it. What do you think? I, I yeah, I don't I, I don't know enough about the game to really have a. I mean, I would trust Michael Jordan more than him, but I wish that he had given me a breakdown of both of their games to find out. I think uh, the greatest ball players are the ones who make other players better, on top of having the great skills. Like that's one reason I think Larry Bird is an exceptional ball player. I mean, not that I'm alone in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, breaking news. No, really, Larry Bird's good. Um, <laughs> you know who else is also good? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Um, because he was a great passer, yeah. too. I mean, everybody has these different things. I mean, as far as from an outsider's point of view, LeBron James can do a lot of things really well. And he's more powerful. But but Kobe was just a sniper for shooting and everything like that. Um, I don't know. I, I'd say they're both in the same category. Does it? Why does it matter? And why do championships? Because some of the greatest players. Do you think Ernie Banks is one of the greatest shortstops of all time? Of course. Yeah, and he was Carl on. Carl Malone, maybe the best. He was on sucky Cubs. Yeah. Yes, and these guys were on crappy teams. You can't blame them for like, that. I'm not a big Michael Jordan fan, as you've known probably from listening to the show yeah. in the previous. Is I like the fact that Michael answered it with at least some something instead of just usually they'll say I don't want to argue about it. I don't want to talk about that that's not my decision but at least he, and he answered it Kobe and he said because five is better than three so in Michael's subtle way or in, yeah Michael Jordan's subtle way that's it was his answer I give him credit for the answer but it still opens up so many other questions and thoughts just like you had yeah and, and LeBron James has been in seven, seven straight yeah. yeah I think here's, here's another way to look at it think in Kobe's time if you put him on some 500 teams would that make them a contender Probably not because he was on some bad teams. He was on some bad teams. Well, LeBron's been on some teams that he took one team. He takes every team and elevates them. Remember the first team he took with the with the Cleveland Cavaliers? I would bet if you went back and look at that roster. <laughs> you and I could have almost started yeah, on that team. I mean, I bet that the other 10 or 11 guys, maybe two or three of them, we'd remember in their names. <laughs> it was a horrible team. I think one team. of them was probably James Jones because he goes wherever LeBron goes. But other right. than that, it was I couldn't remember anybody on that team. I think LeBron James is one of the most dominating players of all time, but I don't know if that makes him one so of the you best. you disagree with Michael Jordan? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm seriously, I mean, I'm unlike a lot of people with, you know, talking about hot takes, I know enough about the game to speak about it at some level, but I don't know it to the level of Jerry West, a GM, or Michael Jordan. But I do know that you put one team, player on a team, they're going to elevate him. The other one, maybe not always. Yep. And if Kobe would have stayed with Shaq and they could have got along because they couldn't figure out how to divide up the ball. Now, NBA teams score 100 points a game, right? 112. If both of them averaged 40, there would still be another 30 points needed scored, but they couldn't figure it out, and they ruined what could have been even a bigger dynasty. Yeah, well, and, and that. that's one of the great things about Golden State, too. But but as we're seeing, a lot of the media is driven by these silly conversations. But they're not silly in the other way because, you know, if we're sitting around at a restaurant or a bar or something like that, this is what sports fans talk about. Yep. So there's nothing wrong with covering this exactly. type of stuff. All right, last subject is, I don't know if you follow this much, but I'm, I'm more of an NFL fan right now than baseball because of my Braves, but the NFL injuries in preseason are just racking up, and this may lead to Colin Kaepernick uh, finally finding a team today. I even read where the Ryan Tannehill, the Dolphins, he was pulled off the field. Off field. Uh, the Jets are thinking about Kaepernick. The Ravens have quarterback issues. Um, so Colin Kaepernick will not go away. It's just who will sign him and win. But I'm also it's kind of a two-parted question. Are you do you think there's a reason for the rash of injuries in pre in in, in summer camp? And will Kaepernick uh, play in the NFL in 2017? Well, if, if Colin Kaepernick doesn't play in 2017, it's a travesty because I was I went back this past week and looked at some of stats. Last year he had 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. He was rated and the ESPN has it's different than the NFL, the total quarterback rating, and in that. He was ranked 22nd or 23rd ahead of several starters that you'd be surprised, including Cam Newton, 
Eli Manning. He was rated higher than them. And I know it's just one metric to determine yeah. that. But this is a guy that should be starting. There's certainly – and if, if, if he's not starting, how the hell do you not want him as your backup? This is a guy who can have major impact. So if he doesn't, it's clearly because of his stances last year. It has nothing to do with quality because if you put those stats on any other player, they're going to go, oh, hell yeah, I want him. Right. That's well said. Uh, what was the other thing? You're, no, I'm just saying, do you think he's going to play? And, and Do you think we, he's going to play? I think he will. I think it's it's a matter of just days now before he gets signed by the Dolphins, Jets, or uh, the Ravens. I think they, now that he's got some – because when there's more than one team getting involved and the team that's thinking about it is going to probably inch closer and, and make that move because they don't want another team to get him. Right. And those are all three AFC teams, which also factors in. So And, and it'll be interesting. This morning, uh, um, Le- Dan Lebedard in the show is, is starting a whole big push for it, uh, wearing Dolphin hats. But, of course, he's from Miami yeah. there. Uh, but he would be a great fit down there, but here's where it wouldn't be. There was a great column last year when this all happened. I think we talked about it. Uh, there's a big Cuban population down there that is, is, might be angry at um, Colin Kaepernick for some of the stances that he's had. So I'd be curious to see if he Miami— He does four or five touchdowns a game. They forget about those things. <laughs> That's right. Dan, they'll even go, Dan Marino who? Uh, yeah. Right, right, exactly. How many Super Bowls did he win? Ex- exactly. So, all right. And then uh, I am concerned about the injuries. and I have a, I have Oh, the a, injuries, uh, yeah. And my opinion is because they're taking away so much hitting in, pre- in all the pre-camps because of all the, the CTE discussion and, in, and all this stuff. Now when players don't hit and then all of a sudden they do hit, the bodies aren't ready to absorb it, and I think there's more injuries happening because there's not enough hitting and not enough live football being played. That's just personal opinion. Yeah, I can hey, be wrong. I, no, I'm sure that plays a big part of it. I have no doubt about that. The other thing might be that football, the size of us, has outgrown the sport. Just like in science, they say our ethics haven't kept up with it. Like they just found a way, I think, yesterday to go into that. embryos and, and take change, away diseases. Yeah. Isn't I? I just read just enough yeah, to say I saw, that. <laughs> I saw the Twitter phone where I'm like, well, that's way above my right level pay of grade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but we have all these things that we can do. But should we do them? And I think football has outgrown the sport because now you have these huge players who are fast. I mean, you got these big, huge players, and they think the equipment's helping them, but it's not. It's clearly what not. What was the line in Jurassic Park? I know you could, but you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I think football needs to adapt in many ways to keep going. Otherwise, we're going to have all this, this problem. So you, you think go. on top of what you, right. your, your thoughts were, they were right on. There you go. We're about out of time. Any other last takes from Joe this week? Just one thing. It's in the middle of a Hall of Fame. It's never too early to start thinking who can be in Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame next year. I know your boy Chipper Jones Chipper better get in. Is, is, should definitely get in, but you have guys like Trevor Hoffman and Edgar Martinez. Both and maybe, should get in. What? Both should get in. Both should get in, and there's several other players. It could be a really big class. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year. You never know. You never, never know. know. We'll be back, I guarantee you, next week. That's right. How are you? I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Have a great day, everybody.